You're about to listen to a new episode of Audio Signals. Get ready to take a journey into the known, the unknown, and everything in between. Recorded at no specific point in time nor space, ITSB Magazine's co-founders Marco Cipelli and Sean Martin follow their passion and curiosity as they venture away from the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society to discover new stories worth being told. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Nintex is the global standard for business process management and automation. The Nintex platform helps their clients accelerate progress on their digital transformation journeys by quickly and easily managing, automating, and optimizing business processes. Learn more at Nintex.com. Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net. And we're live. Actually, we're not live. We're recording. So the people that are going to listen to this, which I hope you're doing right now, people in the audience, you're up for what I think is a good conversation in the channel that we call Audio Signals. It's a tiny different from what the IPSP magazine channels are about, which are always about topic at the intersection of either cybersecurity and society, technology and society, either the intersection of all the three of them. And it's, it's very hard to find a topic that doesn't fit in there. But uh, even with that in mind, we created Audio Signals so we can talk about many different things. And one thing that I'm actually doing lately is uh, talking to mentors. And the reason at this point I think you should know is because I joined the Mentor Project uh, not too long ago, which is a fantastic organization. And I just meet an incredible amount of people that have the more exciting project in front of them. And they're also mentors, of course, and they're giving back to, to the community. So today, I think we're going to end up talking about mentorship. We're going to talk about technology. And uh, we're going to talk about going to the moon. But um, before I get ahead of myself, I want to bring the guest for today's episode, which is uh, Mary Hagi. And uh, She's one of the mentor and also CEO and co-founder of Moonmark. Mary, welcome to this show. You're going to have to tell us what uh, what this is. Well, thank you, Marco. Um, thanks for having me on today. I really appreciate it. Um, so you just kind of slid that thing in there, and uh, we're going to talk <laughs> about the moon and. <laughs> I get I get excited about space. Uh, you you don't know me personally, but you know even if my background is in political science, sociology, I, I just get excited about space. So when I saw what you were doing, I was like, oh my god, we got to talk about this. But first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. So maybe maybe I did get a, a little ahead of myself here. Oh no, not at all, not at all, um, and and my pleasure. So. In the context of what we're talking about today, 
uh, I am, like you said, the, the uh, founder and CEO of Moonmark. And Moonmark um, is an entertainment and education platform that will enable young people to, uh, from around the world uh, to create, um, uh, compete and uh, create vehicles that are going to vehicles that are going to race on the moon. And um, there actually is a wonderful intersection of what we are doing with, um, with technology and society. Uh, it's actually at the DNA uh, level of, of what we're doing. Um, and also cybersecurity. So I think we have um, a lot to, to talk about. Let me just uh, share this with you, that um, we, we started Moonmark with the intent uh, to offer young people. We started it, COVID hadn't hit yet, uh, but it did about a month after we started the company. Uh, and so what we've been doing is, um, is that we're offering young people the ability to participate in a competition uh, of qualifying rounds that will enable us to get to eight teams of uh, five young people. Um, Though the, the qualifying rounds are initially going to be virtual. And then when, when we get through those rounds, we'll have eight teams that will compete uh, to become the final two that will travel to Houston and Johnson Space Center, and then ultimately to Kennedy Space Center uh, where their, their work will go up on a SpaceX rocket, uh, land on the moon, and race on the moon. And then after that is over with, because we don't believe in space debris, um, we actually have a, a great um, scientific application that we're working on with the Italian Institute of Physics that will be um, a geo-reflector, and then it will be operational for probably about 30 years. So that's it in a nutshell. Wow. Uh, I hope you have, uh, I don't know, five, six hours because I got so many <laughs> questions and, and I want to know so much more about this. Uh, first of all, I, I was looking at, at your website and, and I see you have so many people involved in this project. You mentioned, uh, you know, some uh, Italian research center and I am Italian myself, so I'm very excited to hear that. And then you have a car designers, so you have, of course, space engineers and connection. And, and I, so the first thing that comes to my mind is we not too long ago, we had a conversation with this journalist that wrote a book about the, the DARPA Grand Challenge, the one where years ago we were for the first time trying to race autonomous vehicles in the desert and it's probably you know at the first time it wasn't that good right and now uh, you know not too many years later you're actually talking about what well, not only we're seeing autonomous cars in the street but we're also seeing and hear from you that we're gonna do this on the moon uh what stage are we right now that we can so easily talk about something like this and, and remotely control something on the moon or I don't know what level of autonomy there is in there. How are this, what is given to these kids, to these teams that they can actually use to 
for this competition? So that's a great question. And as we've gone through the process of development, you, you're right. We have, we have uh, people with, with um, race car expertise, uh, with racetrack expertise, with um, space expertise, with engineering, technology. Uh, one of our advisors is uh, Renee Wynn, who was the immediate past uh, chief information officer for NASA. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and J.J. Snow, who is the head of innovation for the U.S. Air Force. Uh, and she is also um, a fellow mentor, along with you and me in the mentor project. And so as we were going through the process, there's uh, one of my partners, Todd Wallach, who is our chief technology officer. He said, we, we're, we are going to need to have some adult supervision. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a lot more than what I would have been down as a kid myself. I highly yeah. suggest that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's it's an interesting uh, dynamic, uh, Marco, because what what we intended and are creating um, is really an opportunity for for young people to do something that um, we like to call the defining moment of a generation. So this is not astronauts that are walking on the moon. Um, these are young people from all over the world that are going to participate uh, in making their mark on the moon. So, b- because the moon belongs to all of us, right? It's, it's, this is not a nationalistic um, effort at all. Um, uh, I came up with the idea after I heard about the, the, the real commercialization of space. And that's kind of a lofty thing, but um, I thought, well, if, if, if space is, is going to be commercialized, and it is, it already is, uh, then there's going to be a generation that is going to have to accept stewardship of managing that process. And with a lot of spirited discussion about whether it should, we should focus on college young people or high school young people, um, we decided on high school. And we have been, I've, I've had experience not only as a mentor, but also as someone who has created projects for high school students. Mm-hmm. And they have the ability to absolutely stun you with what they can do. Um, so when I say adult supervision, I'm not talking about the limitations of their capabilities. I'm talking about um, you know, when you, when you were offering something of this magnitude, um, which I'm, you know, I probably have a higher tolerance for risk than most people <laughs> <laughs> as a high performance driver, though, myself, I know that, um, you don't drive fast, you drive safe, uh, right. because if you don't drive safe, then you're not going to drive fast very long. So then, so for the adult supervision piece, it really is how do we enable the right infrastructure for the success of the young people who are going to compete? 
because um, at, at, again, at the DNA uh, of Moonmark is, is really about this generation uh, at a turning point of humanity when we are going into space and there is literally, Marco, I, I, it, it kind of stuns me still to say this, but it's true, there are quadrillion dollars um, that is going on in space commercialization. So that's what they're going to uh, be facing as humans on, on the earth. And uh, as we know, um, when money gets involved, humans tend to do things like what we're experiencing in Eastern Europe right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, money, it's always the driver, even for the good thing. I mean, I, I look at that as, for some reason, that's that's what attracts uh, ventures i mean there, there are people inventors and, and 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 scientists that they do it for the good reason whatever you know that good reason of expanding our own knowledge and 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 exploring and and going beyond the, what we already know but most of the time if you throw a little bit of cash in there <laughs> you, you're moving more wheels that's for sure mm -hmm. Yes, so there's a, there's 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 no there's no doubt about that. So, mm -hmm. um, you know what what we are doing at Moonmark is offering young people the opportunity to explore um, what their future could be, and it doesn't have to be that they go to space. Um, in order to, for example, get to the moon and race on the moon, that's what we're doing, right? Um, it's a platform for young people to explore what their passions are on Earth. So, so can I stop you a second? Because sure. so these, these teams from all over the world, uh, they, they come together. Um, I'd like to know a little bit more details in envisioning what they will be doing. Because from, from your website, I was seeing that they design, build, land, and race two autonomous vehicles on the moon. And of course, they don't do that by themselves because they will be <laughs> incredibly, you know, resourceful and with a lot of cash as well. So you have this this infrastructure that that you present. You have all this expertise. You have all this company involved in it. So what do the team members do, and who can be part of the team member? I mean, what are the qualifications to get and be joining this uh, this incredible adventure? <laughs> I, I, I love that question, and it's one that I get um, often and, uh, about uh, what is the composition of the teams, how are they formed, and, and um, that sort of thing. And, and Marco, what, what we are doing is demonstrating faith uh, in the ability of young people to come together for a common purpose. So we're not choosing the team members. They're choosing, they're forming their own teams. Um, what we're doing is giving them the, the resources uh, and advice from, from mentors and the mentor project and, and others uh, for them to be competitive. So what that means is in order to be the, the most competitive team that goes through all of the qualifying rounds, 
um, and then becomes one of the eight that will um, will compete in person. Uh, you have to have a composition in your team that supports science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. Those are the teams that are going to win and they're going to race on the moon. Okay. So we're kind of sliding in um, the, the STEAM piece of this. And um, when you look at what, what you all are doing and the audience that is interested in, uh, in your magazine, they, they really do need all of these skills. Not everyone is going to be a scientist, a technologist, an engineer, an artist, or a mathematician. But they need to have the, the, the skills and the wherewithal to bring those people around them in order to be successful. So um, I do want to talk about the art piece for a moment because um, the STEM, um, you know, we've, we've had, a, a, fortunately, a lot of emphasis on STEM. Um, and the art piece of, uh, of Moonmark is incredibly, it, it's, it's like I say, at the DNA of, of what we started to do. And that is for these young people to understand that you can go to the moon, you can go to an asteroid, you can go to Mars, you can go to, you know, wherever, okay? Um, but why would we do that? What, what are, are the ethics behind it? What decisions need to be made in the best interest of humanity? Um, rather than just going into space, making a lot of money and what for what reason? So the the civic aspect of of Moonmark is is really at the heart of the of the art, um, and all of these students are going to have to um, wrestle with some really interesting questions, and those are going to be um, related to uh, a, a, again, you know. Why are we doing this? Why would we do this? Why don't we fix climate change on Earth? Um, why are we um, killing people on Earth and we're talking about racing on the moon? Um, it's, it's all a very, very integrated web of experiences that we intend to reach as many, um, our prime directive, so to speak, in, in Star Trek uh, parlance, is that Moonmark is going to reach as many people uh, on Earth and in space as possible, okay? Because every the Moon, like I said, belongs to everyone. Um, so it's a it, it's a platform upon which to learn um, uh, and and also to explore responsibilities for the future. And all of that is absolutely going to include what can we do in this process that is, uh, can be applied on Earth to fix the problems down here. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, one of our channels where we talk about, we call it redefining technology, it's, it's all about this. It's about technology doing the right thing and serving humanity to, to evolve and not to just follow the blinking light. And so asking the why are we developing this technology and why can we do this? So it becomes, as you said, a philosophical 
an ethical conversation. And it's amazing for me to see how much more philosopher we actually need in the STEM. And you kind of pointed to that one and, and designer and thinker from all sort of uh, background. And so I'm very, very excited about this. And talking about designing, you have part of the team, someone that has been designing sport cars and an incredible machine on earth. And now it's team up with you, Frank Stephenson. Can you tell me about, because I see some of the, of the design and these, these vehicles that will compete, they almost look like uh, overboard <laughs> from Back to the Future with wheels <laughs> or skateboards. I don't know, maybe because I'm in LA, so I can connect that. Uh, tell me about the importance of moving all these parts. Like, so like, for example, you said, you know, it's not just the technology, it's putting together different thinkers. So even the, the, the design aspect of this, as you mentioned, it, it's important, right? So how does this come about into the overall project and, and how to use all of this to, to bring us uh, together, everybody interested in this and interested in space, the moon and whatever help us to then ultimately know each other uh, better here on the moon and hopefully with all things happening, uh, behave a little bit better too. But So tell, tell me about that. Tell me about the, the designer aspect of, of the project. Sure. Um, Frank Stephenson is uh, based in London. Um, he truly is uh, a legendary designer and we could not have a better partner uh, uh, in in the actual design of the car. So when we were talking a few minutes ago, it was about, um, you know, minimizing risk for the success uh, of the of the competitors. So having so Frank is a, a, a perfect amalgam of uh, art, uh, engineering and, and science. I mean, the the man is um, he I, I can't wait to introduce the young people to him because number one, he's just a great human being, a great human being. And uh, um, he's very passionate about what, what we're doing. And so we talked about how far could we take the design of these two race cars um, and still uh, not only the art of the design, but also the the space worthiness so you know the last thing that we need is is for these these um these vehicles to get up there and they don't work <laughs> yes you don't, <laughs> you don't want to do that <laughs> no we don't want to do that um uh when uh, again when you look at when i make decisions about moonmark uh and i do it obviously in, in concert with our team it's about does 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 this move the needle uh, on our prime directive? Does this serve the young people? Will this um, enable them to be successful? So that's how we got to um, getting the. By the way, you can't see the design. This the, the design is what he's come up with. Holy cow! Mm. Uh, I, I just. Uh, we're we're going to be doing a uh, a reveal 
um, in the next few months of what that design is. All right. Um, I just saw some rendering somewhere. So I, I guess nothing oh, yes. so to he, do with that. <laughs> he had um, uh, what you see on, on our website is um, a it, it's a rendering that, you know, he came up with on a, on a Sunday afternoon. I mean, he just <laughs> she's just a brilliant, brilliant man. Wow. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the, the actual racers are going to be revealed, um, like I say, in the, in, in the coming months. So with, uh, the adults that are involved here is how far can we take this, make it, uh, make them lunar worthy, but also enable, um, a really, really meaningful interaction by the young people. So the input for this comes always from from the young team that are part of this and and people like Stevenson they're just helping develop their idea and bringing their expertise to the table but it's driven by the kids right oh yeah okay. oh yeah so what we, amazing you know amazing. our our responsibility is to make sure that we provide them the infrastructure and resources that they need to be um, to be successful uh, but they're <laughs> This is, this is about that generation and their defining moment um, and, and their, their responsibility because you can't, I'm pretty adamant about this, you can't race on the moon um, without a tuition, okay? Um, and that tuition is that they have a responsibility to communicate with their peers around the world. So it's not like we're going to put them into um, a situation where they're in a vacuum and, you know, uh, no, they have to, they have to engage as many people as possible. Um, they're, you know, not only their peers. I mean, what we're, we haven't really talked about uh, Moonmark's um, media production. I was going to go there. So thank you for shortcut in there. Yes. Sure. Because I'm, I'm envisioning, I want to see these when it happen. We will be able to do so. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing because uh, because uh, on our team there's this this spirited discussion about um, what what is real time, you know? Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> time is relative, right? Well, uh, when you you know when you're uh, a few uh, hundred thousand miles away from what you're, where where you're shooting. Yeah. So we, um, we are uh, creating, um, it's, it's more than a documentary um, uh, it, because it has a lot of different formats and things like this, but, but we're, we are capturing the adventures of these young people uh, all along the way. And those are the, the content that we create uh, is going to be um, not, not only for them to pay their tuition, meaning um, they get to speak uh, from their own personal experience about what they're what what they're doing and and how they're competing and so forth, um, but but also to communicate that with um, you know families of of all ages, because um, that's you know that's what our prime directive is. But we really want these young people to speak to their peers. So we have uh, a, a, a production partner that we are working with right now, and um, 
yeah, you, you're going to be able to see a lot that's going on. <laughs> awesome. Now, this is so exciting. And, and I was a little bit almost like, you know, I had to stop and, and think about the consequences of all of this, because as you said, a lot of people are asking, why do we go to the moon? Why do we go to Mars? Why we have all this plan? And of course, you know, with all the problem that we have, but then I, I, I ask myself the reason why I like space so much. And it's because it, it, it is a way to, to know yourself as, as humans on this planet. And, I'm not even going to talk about the fact that eventually if we survive, we're going to have to go somewhere else <laughs> in a few billions of years. But that's a, that's a problem from other generation. But what I'm saying is this is like when I look at all the, the, the moment that put nations together, the, 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 the entire planet together, I mean, the landing on the moon itself has been one of those, one of those moments. Mm -hmm. And every time that I see, International Space Station, and I'm so sad that I heard that it's going to be, you know, crashing down uh, relatively soon. It, it's been to see a, a global community coming together without boundaries, without borders, without nationality, and just being earthlings and humans as, as we are. So to know that there is the young generation that comes together and do this, and the older generation with the expertise they're helping for me it's that that's where i that's why i said i had to stop and, and process it because i think it's it's incredible and um and i also feel like all of this of course i can tell you it's it's your mission it's pure and and uh an organic in a way like there is no second meaning to all of these and that's probably why you're also involved in the mentor project and i would like to to talk a little bit about this because everything you said i could i could sense the mentor attitude the mentor inspiration that you have when you talk but tell me a little bit more about how you decided to get involved with the with deborah and, and the mentor project and you mentioned JJ, which is also the reason why I am part of that. <laughs> I had JJ on the show <laughs> once, and I and I just fall in love with everything she was doing. She's so incredibly inspirational that you know JJ and and so many other people on the mentor project. So, uh, tell me a little bit about your involvement there and and how it it does work with uh, maybe in connection also in a synergy with the with the Moonmark project as well. Oh, sure. So I became involved and uh, in, in both um, Debbie Heiser, the, the, the founder and CEO of the Mentor Project uh, and, uh, and JJ Snow uh, are, are just force majeures. I mean, they, they are changing so many lives for the better. Uh, and, and these are people uh, who, like you and me, are not um, in their teenage years anymore, uh, but have sufficient experience and um, interest and dedication to uh, helping and in, in, um, seeing these young people find their way. And so um, I became involved with the Mentor Project for the reason that it's an organization so I've, I've mentored young people and I've mentored laterally, 
uh, for uh, as long as I can remember, okay? Um, because it, it's just such a joyous experience. And the, the opportunity to work with the Mentor Project was very, very appealing to me because I got to meet uh, people like you uh, and uh, to um, really, you know, the mentor experience is, is one that is so gratifying and to be able to share it with, with other mentors as well as have connections to young people that can benefit from, um, you know, whatever advice or introductions or, or whatever you can provide as a mentor, that's, you know, that's a, that's a gift. It really is. It's a, it's a gift. And so um, when I was talking with Debbie about Moonmark and what we were, um, what we are doing, um, she became very excited about it as well as JJ. And so now we're in the process um, as we go through this. And I, I wanted, I do want to circle back to technology for a moment um, and, and sociology. Um, but the opportunity to work with um, the, the people in the mentor uh, project is, um, is just a, a real delight. And it's an honor to be a part of it. Yep, I, I agree with you. I'm relatively new to all of this, but it, it already been such an inspiration that I, I kind of just want to do that only. And I feel like my my conversation style when we host podcasts has changed thinking about that every time. I mean, unless we talk about heavy cybersecurity and business and <laughs> that kind of stuff. or I always think about this this concept of what if, a younger person is listening to the podcast and can I maybe with three words, a sentence or a half an hour of conversation like this one, can we change somebody's life because we make them think about something that they can focus on their, on their future and, and become involved into that? And if you can do that, I don't think there is better better reward in life than than that. So... Um, I, I appreciate you telling all of that. And, and you mentioned you want to go back and to the connection of technology and, and society or in sociology. Mm -hmm. Please mm -hmm. do so because that's my uh, mm -hmm. that's my guilty pleasure right there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Well, we um, uh, as we've been going through the, the process, I mean, it, it's it's easy to say, we'll just go to the moon, land on the moon, race on the moon than have a scientific experiment. But there are, I don't know, two billion parts, moving parts to this. Um, and there are certain things that we have learned that um, were unexpected. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's a bonus for me uh, because we there are certain things that we thought were um, like a, you know, a check in the, in, in the block. Uh, and they've turned has turned out to not be that way at all. And so what we're doing is we are advancing technology uh, for space exploration um, without that having been the original intent. 
And uh, I'll give you an example of that. So we thought, for example, that, that we already had the communications piece of this lockdown, meaning when um, the, the racers land on the surface, um, that there, there will be communications between them and the lander and the lander and Earth, right? Um, and we, we thought that was already taken care of. Uh, and, and it is uh, in a very, very rudimentary manner. So because we are creating content, video content, audio content, uh, and it is going to be intended for wide distribution, it has to have a much higher level of quality, right, than currently exists. Uh, and the actual communications, um, uh, not, not only the capture of what we're doing, uh, the moon and, um, and Earth, is it, the stakes are much higher here uh, because we have people, like I was saying, we, you know, what is the definition of real time? And is that like two seconds or is? <laughs> Mm -hmm. So, so we are, we are working to solve for that problem, right? Uh, and what that means is that what Moonmark is creating, the pathways that we're forging technologically are going to contribute to the ability for scientists and, and explorers to do their job better when they get there. So that's that's what I wanted to share about technology. So you, 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 what I get from this is that when you find yourself facing technology, it's not just a technology problem. It's kind of the same thing we say often when we talk about cybersecurity. It, it becomes a human problem because you realize that the the synergy, the intersection between the, all the components are way past technology itself. So you're, you're exploring this, you're, you, you, you face a problem, and you realize that, wait a minute, we're going to have to involve other entities that maybe we didn't know we, we needed to. And am I correct? Oh, yes. <laughs> and, you sure are. <laughs> and and how I just was checking, you know, like that. I'm not just going free <laughs> freestyling here, but but also, can you give me an example of? And maybe we put our you know futurist uh, hats on for a second. How do you see this multiplying as we do more things on the moon? And I'm going to mention JJ a second here because I remember she had a podcast about 3D buildings uh, mm -hmm. on the moon, right? So instead mm -hmm. of bringing <laughs> bricks on the moon, which of course we can't, uh, we will have to use the, the the resources of the moon for a lot of things and uh, and other planets and be able to to have robotics that will build that stuff for us. So even in that case especially when you talk about colonization, you're talking about, I mean, we, we need to come together as a society to, to do something like this. So in what way do you think, maybe, maybe 
ways that we're not really talking about right now, we will have to get all more involved into this. What kind of problem and solution we will have to come out as a, as a society when we're talking about going to the moon, not just to raise the carb, which is a fantastic start, but for for colonizing it. And I don't like the word colonize it, but you mean what I you know what I mean. Habitate is what. what yes. We use. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and yes, there there is much discussion in in our team, and like you were saying earlier at some point in time, because of the decisions that we've made as humans, the likelihood is we got to go somewhere um, at some point in time. So I am a really, really strong advocate of robotic uh, operations on the lunar surface. I'm, I'm a little quizzical about do we really need to habitate the moon um, or do we need to figure out how to do operations on the moon that will get us what we need in terms of scientific advancement? Uh, but it's not necessary that, that, you know, a bunch of people go up there and live there for a while. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just don't, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, I don't pretend to know the answer to the question. Um, I'd have to have some really strong um, uh, persuasiveness to get me to think that it, it really makes sense for us to have, um, you know, people up there doing what? Uh, that we can't do it remotely. Uh, and that's definitely going to be one of the questions that we propose or we pose to our students is, um, you know, is it necessary for humans to operate that? Or is, it, is there something that we can do remotely that will serve the same purpose? Um, and oh, by the way, if you're a space um, aficionado, then you know that the regolith on the moon, moon dust, um, is wicked. It is really wicked. I mean, something that it's another technological thing that, that we're grappling with is making sure that um, the, 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 the racers don't end up, you know, stuck in the regolith, right? Mm -hmm. It's just one of those practical things. So, but if you're, if you're going to operate robotics in that kind of harsh environment, there does need to be uh, protection for them. So the, the 3D, um, uh, buildings and so forth that JJ was talking about are absolutely necessary. But the fact that we can get there and we can create them, I mean, it's, uh, I'm not suggesting that this would all be done remotely. There's going to have to be some, some human interaction or it's like we said, adult supervision. Um, but, you know, what, what are the reasons why people would go there and live? Um, what are, what is the the scientific outcomes? What are the sociological outcomes um, uh, of of making that decision? I don't know. I uh, I can't wait to hear what the young people have to say about that. Well, you know, I, I can't wait either because uh, first of all, Asimov was saying that a long time ago. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so uh, you know, just thinking sci-fi, which always is a little way to 
a long way to predict our future uh, from a technological perspective anyway. And I think it's a, it's a very relevant question, very, very philosophical at the core of how are we going to invest our money, you know, talking about going to live on Mars where, or, or, or travel, you know, in, a high, in, in, in space where, you know, our lifespan, it's a little bit limited compared with what a robotics um, pilot could do. So maybe we're, we're kind of taking away a little too much from uh, Star Trek and Star Wars and, uh, mm-hmm. and all of that. But mm-hmm. I think it's, a, it's an important question. And I, I'm kind of happy to close the conversation with that, because if you ever want to come back and, and talk about the, the philosophical aspect of space exploration, I will be more than happy to, to have that conversation with you and with other people, maybe member of your team or member of the mentor project. We can, we can totally have that, that chat because uh, I find it very intriguing and, and a defining moment for, for the future. And, uh, but let's start with what is it's happening now, which is what Moonmark is doing, what the Mentor Project is doing with you. And, uh, and I thank you so much for being part of this conversation. I'm sure there could be a lot more that we can talk about. And again, hopefully we will. And um, any last uh, few words that you, you want to invite people maybe to, to participate? Is there a way for people to participate into into these, young kids, school, uh, anybody? How how can people get involved with this? That's a that's a great question. We're um, right now. We are. There's the the impact of COVID has um, really barked us on the shin. Okay, so we we are dependent on a lander, rockets go up all the time, right? Um, with satellites or they go to the space station or, or, or you know, that's, that's normal operations that are continuing. Landing on the moon is a completely further set of, of circumstances, right? And so the impact of COVID is that it, it shook the supply chain um, in, in a way that has caused schedule delays and things like that, right? And then here comes, you know, the war in Ukraine. Um, the impact of that is that um, commercializing space, which is what the part that we're involved with and uh, our lander companies are involved with, what happens when a war breaks out is that there are priorities in government um, that get shifted. So instead of being, uh, you know, prioritizing a, a commercial uh, object or objective, um, the military can take priority. So all of those things mean it's going to take longer to get to the moon than we originally anticipated. So what Moonmark is doing right now is we are coming up with um, uh, with challenges for young people that we can engage them. Um, we have no control on when these landers can go up, right? Um, we're just doggone glad to be on one. Uh, and but that that does give us uh, pause 
uh, because of their practical aspects to this that a lot of people don't don't know. And cybersecurity is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Definitely one of them. So, yeah, we did we didn't touch on that, but I think it's way too many things. Oh yeah. To talk about. Oh, it's just top. It's top of mind. Yeah, uh, believe me. Of um, so. Um, well, thank you so much, Marco, for um, having me on the program today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, it was a, a great opportunity to talk to you uh, for the first time. I hope for all the people that have been listening, if you're interested in knowing more about this, there will be links on the podcast notes and uh, links to uh, Mary's uh, resources and social media. Mary, if you want to uh, share with us any uh, any uh, relevant link that people can click to learn more about the project and uh, feel free to to do so and uh, i hope uh, people enjoyed this conversation as much as i did and uh, thank you again mary thank you go to moonmark.space thank you so much marco have a great day thank you Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net. Nintex is the global standard for business process management and automation. The Nintex platform helps their clients accelerate progress on their digital transformation journeys by quickly and easily managing, automating, and optimizing business processes. Learn more at Nintex.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Audio Signals. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society, and some even beyond that.